I think honestly, as an author, you're always going to feel like you're behind. Always. It's never going to be enough. You always should be doing more. Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to become the CEO of your author business. Today's show was a little bit about Superman. Maybe it's a little bit more about Clark Kent. In reality, it's a discussion about recognizing when it's time to take off the superhero cape and make the time to refocus on what's important in your life and business. Today's guest is friend and podcasting partner, New York Times bestselling and multiple award-winning author Taylor Stevens. She's the author of the Vanessa Michael Monroe thriller series. And when I talk to my reader friends about her books, I always refer to her as my favorite living author, which is completely true. Today's show is more conversation than interview, and the topic is essentially pushing yourself beyond the breaking point taking on more than you should, and in general, sacrificing your health at the altar of greater productivity. Does that sound like you? Maybe a little? Maybe a lot? Or maybe it was you and you figured out ways around the quote-unquote, I-can-do-it-all issues that so many of us face. We've shared a few examples on The Author Biz of people publishing books at a breakneck pace. Those are the superheroes of the indie world, and plenty of us want to follow in that path. But what if we can't write that quickly? What if we have other responsibilities, like day jobs or other businesses to run, kids to raise? What if we are able to publish eight or ten books a year and it's still not enough? What if even that doesn't get us to where we need to be? Ah just makes you want to tear your hair out, doesn't it? If we could just work a little harder, sleep a little less, we could make it. Really, we could. Maybe. Or maybe your body tells you enough is enough and forces a change in your habits by breaking down. That happened to me a few weeks ago, which prompted the idea for this show. I'm in the process of trying to recover time right now, to find some some better ways of finding time to meet responsibilities, and one of the ways I'm doing that this week is by combining shows. The interview portion of this show is also the discussion portion of the Taylor Stevens show. The intro is different on the two shows, but the rest is the same. So if you're one of those people that listens to both shows, and if you are, bless you, I thank you so much. Uh, just listen to whichever of the two shows is your favorite and know that everything will be back to normal next week. Another way that I'm trying to recover some time and to improve the content that you get from the show is to reduce the size of the show notes but add a full transcript of the interview portion of the show. The AuthorBiz website will still have the links to everything we've discussed, but most of the show notes will be transcripts, which I've outsourced. Just taking that simple step will save me between 60 and 90 minutes a week. I can't thank you guys enough for listening and for being part of the AuthorBiz community. I'm honored that you share some of your valuable time with me each week. We're in the process of changing some small things, like the show notes, that will streamline the production time and still deliver the kind of information that you listen for each week. Now, let's get to this week's show, which begins with me asking Taylor about taking her first ever break from her author business at the end of last year, when she allowed herself to become completely burned out. 
Well, what's really funny is we're getting close to a year since that's happened, and I've already forgotten so much. (laughs) (laughs) Because so much is crammed into every day. Sometimes it feels like I'm just living day to day. And, but, um, I had gotten burned out. Like you said, I just, there was nothing left. I would sit there and just, I was forcing it and I was just dry tank wheels off running on the hub, scraping the concrete spark flying, just trying to cross the finish line on what I had done prior. And when I reached that finish line, I was just like, I, 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 that's it. I, I got nothing. <laughs> and the idea of starting the next project was, was like, it, I, would, I would be wasting my time. I wasn't going to get it done. And then I would be frustrated because when I'm in that mode of trying to race the finish line, nothing else is getting done. And life is just kind of falling apart all around me. So I, I just took a step back and took some time off and refused to allow myself to even turn on the computer most days and just just lived and got other things done and spent time with friends and family. And it was really hard, really, really hard to do that as much as I needed it. It was not, did not come naturally. Now, I think the idea for most people, the idea of finishing a project and then taking a break makes a lot of sense, but it's not something that you had ever done before. No, never had done before. So what? What what was your typical process? Finish a project and what? Drink a glass of wine and start the next day on the next day? Yeah, or there might be like a few days in between to like, you know, get some bills paid and maybe sweep the floor and wash some dishes and then wash some laundry or something. But mostly it was just, all right, well, that's done now open up the next file that I already had been fiddling with before and had, you know, my ideas are there and let's get going. Or there would be some other thing, like lots of times when you're writing, you know, you're in the publishing cycle while one book is being written, there's another one that's being edited and then there's another one that's been published and you're doing promotion on. So there's usually a juggle of a lot of things going on at the same time. So finish one book off, get one book sent off, and it's like nothing even happened. You've already spinning into whatever it is that's been backed up and needs to get taken care of yesterday. I'm, I'm thinking of how different we are and how different our backgrounds are. For, for author biz listeners um, who may not know, I, I can, I'll put a link to uh, the first show that we did where we talked a little bit about, a, about your background. Uh, but you were, you were raised not in the United States. You were raised in a religious cult. And, you know, it was an unusual, an, an unusual way of being raised. I was raised in uh, an upper-middle-class family in the Midwest and, and had, you know, the leave-it-to-beaver-type family environment, yet we both come at almost everything we do from a working-harder, uh, will-get-you-further mentality. And we've both worked whatever... In, in whatever we've been working on, you know, that has been the mentality that we've used uh, to achieve whatever levels of success we, we've achieved in life. And I find that interesting uh, just because we're so different. Our backgrounds are so different. I think maybe, I don't know how you feel about it, but it's it's sort of a human nature thing, um, personality types or, or what have you. Um, or maybe it's just a cultural, but we both come from close enough cultures in that sense that, you know, the, the whole work ethic type thing, it's, it's like, it doesn't matter all those other factors. 
maybe the motivations for why we do it might be a little bit different, possibly, but the end result is the same in that we kind of are driving ourselves like, you know, we're our own whip, whipping our own, ourselves, the horse, horse whip to, to keep us, to keep us running. And eventually the horse, if you keep whipping the horse, the horse falters and, yeah, you know, maybe dies. Me, yeah. Yeah. And it, it happened to me uh, a few weeks ago. And I'm, I'm just sort of coming over it now. I just had some very minor health problems, but they all related from self-imposed stress. Uh. Um, and my way of getting more done is to just sleep less. And so I started getting up at five, and then I started getting up at four, and then I started oh getting up at three, and then I started getting up at 2.30. Oh. And... And so that gave me enough time to get everything done that I needed but to get done because I'm doing. Your brain, does your brain function on so little sleep that it even is productive time? It, it functions well enough, and it always has. I've always been able to, as as author biz listeners may or may not know, uh, I, I was in the technology business for a long time. And, you know, there's, there is this culture in, the, in this, the startup world where the only way to be successful is to work 70, 80, 90 hours a week. And I can, I can clearly remember times when I would go into the office at 6 and leave at 10 for like six weeks in a row just because of something that, that needed to be done. But I was a lot younger back then. Yeah. And there I I've never made any allowance for the passage of time. <laughs> and all of a sudden it caught up with me uh, a couple of weeks ago and I've really been thinking a lot about it. Uh, I had Colleen's story on the show uh, a few episodes ago, not a few, uh, maybe 10 episodes ago. For the Taylor Stevens show listeners, can you explain? Yes, uh, on, at the Author Biz. And Colleen writes a blog called Writing and Wellness. And it's essentially taking care of yourself as an author and the things that you need to do because our focus is so much keeping your butt in the chair. You know, if right. you keep your butt in the chair, your body, you know, bad things start to happen to oh your body. Oh, my God, yes. After it's a while. True. And that show inspired me to start running again and to start paying attention to some of these things. And oddly enough, while I was sleeping less and less and less, I had time to go running. And um, I was in roughly, you know, the best shape I'd been in in, in 15 years or so. I felt great. I, I had energy. Everything was going well. And then I just I hit, you know, essentially the same period that you hit a year ago where you just – couldn't do it anymore, except my body told me I couldn't do it anymore by having something happen. Wow. And then, you know, you have that period of reflection. Yours was about a month. Mine, you know, it's, it's um, you know. It'll two, be probably about a month before you're really back up into it again. It, it probably will be. And I want to be back up into it differently than I was before because I'm not, I'm not 30 anymore. But, you know, I don't even think 30-year-olds should be doing that, so. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to me, the number of people, the number of authors I've interviewed who are dealing with the same thing. Um, I, I, I go back to Annie Belay, who was a very popular interview on this show, and I'll link to that in the show notes for Taylor Stevens' show listeners. But Annie writes fantasy, 
And she went through a period of, of about a year where she was just really just grinding it out, trying to do this thing that's, that's so popular in the indie world where the only way to be successful is to just keep writing and just keep publishing books on an ever-increasing schedule. And it wasn't working for her, and it, it, her, her body just gave out. And so mm-hmm. she went to a different process, and, and she's been very successful. But it, it's so much like the startup world, where you know, you, there's only one way to be successful. Mentally, in our own heads, there's only one way to be successful. And if to we're not. Produce. Yeah, and keep producing and keep producing yeah. more. Yeah. And it's a. Um, I, I, you know, some people can do it. And in the business world, I used to be able to do it. There's no way I could do it anymore. Um, I, but oddly enough, you know, we transition whatever our history is in, into our writing process. So, you know, for me, I, I feel like during the day I should be doing these things because that's when I worked before. I, I, I had these work hours. You get up, you start working, and I don't, it, it's, it's such a different world as, as an author. You have so much control over your schedule, over your time, over your, you know, what you're producing, how much you're going to produce. And, and in a lot of cases, if you're an indie, even over your deadlines. Yeah. And I mean, I think that one of the, the same benefit is the same downfall is that it's on you. So if you're a, a driven person, you're going to drive yourself really hard, especially when you're not meeting the, the quote, not only say quota, but the volume or the pace or the production level that you feel that you should be able to do. And I think honestly, as an author, you're always going to feel like you're behind always. It's never going to be enough. You always should be doing more. And because you don't have to drive into the office, there's that. It's, it's the flip. It's the flip side of the coin. A, there there will be those who, ha, you know, have to basically bribe themselves to get into the chair, and there are those who have to bribe themselves to get out of the chair. So it's it seems like it's a, it's a life of extremes, and um, so many other things get forgotten. And when you're focused like that on just trying to get this done, trying to get this done, it's really easy to push all the other things aside. And I think one of the things that I learned is that it's not healthy, really not healthy emotionally or mentally to put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. And by that, I mean like when all your sense of self or your identity or your feelings of accomplishment are tied into the work that you're producing on the screen. And then that work is perpetually not good enough or perpetually behind. You can really begin to lose sight of what's important in life because you're so focused on always chasing a goalpost that's moving, constantly moving. All right, let's talk about deadline-driven pressure. You're a traditionally published author, so in, in a lot of cases, um, you're, in some cases, you're setting your own deadlines. In other cases, um, you've got a, a publishing deadline where something's got to be ready by a, a certain date. There are times when you just have to make it happen. There, there's no, you, can, you can want to have a balanced life with every fiber of your being, but you've got to have this manuscript ready by 
a week from Friday. <laughs> so you've yeah. got to do whatever you can to make that happen. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you, as an author, try and avoid those crushes and recover from them and, and get back to normal when they're over? Get back Ooh. to a normal working schedule. You see, and that's the problem is like it's kind of become a normal, right? Where that is, that's the perpetual state of normal. So it, it's kind of like a situation where you have to admit your own, your own levels of um, ability and have a good grasp on how long it takes you to do things and just say no when it's too tight. And I have, I've had to do that when somebody's like, okay, well, we want this to be the schedule. And I'm like, no, I can't. It's too much. I won't be able to do it and, and get it changed. Um, there have been times I've missed deadlines and, you know, I've worked with my editor to accommodate for them of, you know, her schedule and mine and what's the drop dead date and, you know, what's the wiggle room date or whatever. And um, we've never had to push publication of a book back because of missing deadlines. And I'm very keenly aware of the deadlines, but I've learned that um, sometimes you just have to say no. And sometimes you just have to work around them and you just do the best that you can. And saying no probably has to go beyond just things like deadlines because there are, there are always demands on your time. Um, you know, can you do this interview or can you come here and teach or, or can you do this other thing? Um, how, how do you manage all of those other things? Because nobody wants to say no. This is very true. And I, I do have to say no a lot. And I, when I do say no, it's always with an explanation so that people understand I'm not trying to be rude or I don't care. I don't think they're not important enough. I'm just like, I'm sorry, I just can't. And so far, those that I've had to say no to are quite gracious about it. Where it gets really tricky is more with home life of the things that I say no to because I, I'm not Superman or Superwoman and I can't do it all. You know, I'm not heavily involved. For example, I've never been heavily involved in the the school PTA or things that go on. I've never been a volunteer on my kids' field trips or the class mom, you know, that goes in and takes care of things. Um, sometimes there's important, like I, I sometimes have to skip open houses and, and things like that too. Um, I'm not, I don't, I'm not able to cook wonderful, nutritious meals every day. <laughs> there's just something's got to give, you know, in my case, my kids have had to grow up and, um, I stopped doing their laundry for them when they were about eight or nine years old, taught them how to use the washing machine helped them when they had questions, showed them what to do, and they've pretty much been responsible for their stuff ever since. Uh, does it mean that the house is perfect and things are clean? No. That is the no that I had to just accept of there's a trade-off. It's this or that. And right now, completing, for, for me, the writing is more than just something that I do because it's a hobby. It's my job. It's what pays the bills. And so it might be a little different if if it didn't have such dire consequences for not getting it done, and in which case it might be a little selfish of me to be going no, no, no to all these other things. But everybody's situation is going to be different, and their priorities are going to be based on what is most urgent. And for me, in my case, that is the most urgent. So I think that's one of the things that makes our, the show that we do together, the Taylor Stevens show, uh, so interesting 
And for AuthorBiz listeners, we'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the close of this show. But we are we come at this from such different perspectives. You know, writing for me is something that's new. And if it was something that I was using to pay the bills, I don't think I would be able to afford ramen noodles. Let alone electricity <laughs> to cook the ramen noodles. I'd be out collecting well, you know, I, I kindling could, wood for fire. <laughs> I could be in that position six months from now. Who knows? You know. But so far, and that's probably a fear that everyone has. No matter what level of success that we have, uh, an algorithm somewhere could change, and everything could be different uh, tomorrow. Um, and, and, and what what what's working today is not necessarily going to work tomorrow. But I want to get back again to this this idea of saying no. I interviewed Honoré Quarter a couple of weeks ago, and as a, almost a throwaway line near the end of the show, she said that my default answer to everything is no. And you know that's that's something that busy people say. Uh, but I've always been such a people-pleasing type person that I've always had a hard time saying no. So after she said that, I thought about it. And I actually, I, I talked to my wife, Julie, about it. And, you know, we, we just, between the two of us, we just take on all this stuff uh, to, to help in the neighborhood or to help at the church or to help with the grandchildren or the grandson. And, you know, our, our default answer is always yes. And so I said, that's it. Our answer to everything is no for the next two weeks. And like two days later, I got a call. Can you help with this? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then I'm like, how am I going to find the time to do this? Yeah. So how do, how do you train yourself to, to say no? Well, I, you know, first of all, it's really good that you say yes to a lot of those things. I think, you know, if the world was full of people who only said no, it would be very cold and insular place. And I think that probably the yeses are going to have to fall more in line with what are whatever your life's guiding principles are, like the things that are most important to you in terms of community and um, connection and all of that, and the ones that don't feed that and don't help benefit your life or drive you forward or, or fit in with what your true life values are. Those are the easiest ones to, to say no to simply because it's, it's easier to say oh, wait, this doesn't fit inside my, my long-term goals. And by goals, I'm not just talking about work. I'm talking about all the other aspects, you know, philanthropy and volunteering and all those aspects. When you, when you say yes to something, it's because it is bringing you closer to your core sense of value and self. And if it doesn't fall into that, to one of those things, then that should be the first to say no to. Do you have a scheduled rest period? Like, you know, uh, Sundays, like I don't do any work on Sundays or anything like that? Well, it depends on how you define rest. Because, <laughs> because I, have... I know what you do on a lot of your weekends, <laughs> I know the answer to that question is no. <laughs> well, I do things, I have somewhat of a schedule where I step completely away from writing or anything work-related to this side of work, and it gets me outdoors, but it's very physically demanding. So it's not rest, but it is rest. It's difficult to, to categorize it one way or the other. Yeah, and I can't remember... Um... I can't, I can't remember what book I, I read this from the first time, but basically the idea that that being busy is a good thing, but you need to vary what you're doing 
to, to be busy. So, you know, maybe it's going out and running or going out and doing the kind of physical labor that you're doing to balance against the mental work and the mental grind of writing where yes. you, you have a, a completion and a success point that might be four months away and the work that you're doing on the weekend might be something that you could start at 10 in the morning and by two in the afternoon you could say, woohoo, I'm done and it worked. Exactly. And um, when I had that, when I reached that breaking point last year and I realized that enough is enough, I started taking on things that I wouldn't have agreed to do before because they're time consuming. But I realized that for my own mental well-being and emotional well-being, I had to find other ways to find some sense of fulfillment other than just working on a project that might take me a year to complete. And how did that make you feel? I don't mean to sound all Dr. Phil, but how did it make you feel to actually have that, I don't know, to, to come up with that and, and then to actually do it, to go out and and have that sense of accomplishment? It, on the one hand, it feels really, really good. And on the other, it can be really frustrating sometimes when all you want to do is just get your darn work finished and this other stuff is getting in the way. So it's sort of like if you view being a workaholic as an addiction, then it's really, really good. And when you're frustrated with it, that's just the addict in you that's angry that it can't go get its fix. Interesting. And for me, uh, podcasting is something that is discreet. And I'll do an interview with someone like you and, you know, I'll produce the show, write the show notes, and it goes out. It's done. And it's done. So you get that... Yes, you, you get, get that, that sense, sense of satisfaction. Of, right, as opposed to writing something, which for me takes forever. And then there's, there's always that sense of, ah, it's not good enough. If I could go back and just fix this one part, it would be better, and that would change these other five parts. So that's what I'm going to do. You do that with podcasts too? Never. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I listen to them sometimes, the ones that we record, and... I'm just, well, first of all, I'm very thankful for you because you clean them up and you make them sound so much better (laughs) than they are when we're talking. But there are times when I'm like, oh, darn it, I should have said this other thing instead. Yeah, it it is the nature of doing this kind of thing, and you know, every so often I I used to when I when I first started doing this, I'd get really carried away and just try and make every episode perfect, and that's that's a losing battle. And and you know, a part of a part of the reason why we're doing this combo podcast today is that I just don't have enough time and energy to record two shows this week. I don't have enough time and energy to do our show and and my show. So it it made sense to do this one thing because I'm so interested in it right now, and I know you have have these strong feelings uh, on the subject as well. What do we normally talk about on the Taylor Stevens show? Oh, normally we're kicking writing in the butt. One word at a time. <laughs> One word at a time. Right. And over the course of the last few weeks, we, we try and do um, these little – the, uh, a series of three or four episodes that are themed around one thing. And, and we just finished one where we really went deep into the weeds on uh, a listener uh, writing sample where we went in and uh, t- we, you, the New York Times <laughs> – best-selling author and award-winning author, uh, went in and tweaked and then discussed 
why um, you thought these changes were necessary or not necessary, but, but would make, would make the material read be better. Yeah. And so we went really deep into the weeds for three straight episodes on this, uh, covering three straight or three different areas. And people really enjoyed that. So um, call to action for this week. If you're an author biz listener, and you think you'd like that if you're interested in shows about craft, probably 80% of the Taylor Stevens shows are craft related. Does that especially sound about the, right? Yeah, especially the later ones. Like the earlier ones are a little bit more research heavy, but they're whatever they are, they're a lot of fun because Steve and I just basically like, hey, catch up. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, it is, they are fun and they're funny and, and we have a great time. And, you know, we, it, because we come at writing from such different perspectives, uh, I, I think it's interesting for people. And for people that listen that are closer to my end of the spectrum, I play a, a valuable role in that I'm, you know, almost the foil as the person that, oh, really, is, is oh, my response sweet. to so many things that you say. You're being very generous and, with that. But. <laughs> and I, I learn from every episode. And which which is really helping me as a writer, and and that's why we're doing these shows, not to help me, but to help uh, people with these with these particular issues that we discuss in in different shows. And the individual episodes usually are are pretty tightly described in the title and the show notes, so it's it's pretty easy to see. Like if you're working on dialogue, we we've done several issues issues episodes on dialogue. So anyway, if you're at all interested in a show about craft. Come check it out. Uh, you can find it online at taylorstevensshow.com. Uh, oh, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> I've got, got more than one link. Yes, yeah, plenty of places. You can also find it through Taylor's website, which is? taylorstevensbooks.com. And you can find it on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and everywhere fine podcasts are available. If you subscribe to the Author Biz, subscribe to the Taylor Stevens Show. And um, I just want to say for the Taylor Stevens Show listeners who are hearing this, um, for those of you who are interested in the actual business of writing, publication, um, uh, like finding the different components, the people who who do the the editing and the the graphic design if you're interested about you know what methods are working for authors and what aren't and finding their audience you really should check out the the author biz steve does a great job he has fantastic guests on his show that that are all experts in their own right in their own different aspects of the publishing process and it's definitely worth your time and you already know steve by now and you know he's fun and you know he's going to give you good material so you're just going to get more of the same and you can find that at theauthorbiz.com. And same thing, it's available everywhere fine podcasts are sold. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening this week. This has been a fun joint episode. It's been fun being with you. And for my listeners, see you all next week. And for my listeners and Taylor's listeners, I will definitely see you all soon. I don't, I don't know whether the Author Biz will be back next week, but I know I'll be back by the 1st of November, uh, fully energized and ready to go. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for being here.